it's a cold a cold Saturday morning and Rena and I met a couple people uh, out, out on a hillside to make a purchase. We stood out on the the side of the hill with with Gary Black. Gary uh, is a close personal friend of Rena and I as well as being her former boss for a, a number of years and and the other person there was a lady named Sid. Sid uh it's not really uh Jermaine to the story, but is actually Gary's cousin. But uh, but Sid was there as well. I, I didn't know Sid the first time I'd, I'd met her. Uh, and and we walked up on, on the hill, and Sid commented to us that, as she pointed up the hill, she said, well, I've got a couple options up there. And she held a, a piece of paper in her hand, and she consulted that paper uh, for a little while as we looked there. And then she said, does does anyone see Darlene? Does anyone know where Darlene is? And uh, and then she said, Darlene Hanky, can you find Darlene Hanky? And so so I began to look around, and I think I was the first one to to, to kind of si- excitedly holler out, "I found her! I found Darlene!" And 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 then Sid said to us, "Well, there's a couple right next to Darlene. If you want those." I, I kind of looked at Rita, and she looked back at me, and and. Uh, I, I think I said there's something like this. We found our spot. Uh, and I, I looked at Sid and said, we'll take these two. Now, quick question. Does does anyone have the slightest idea what I'm talking about? Uh-oh, we've got a few people. That's good. Uh, Dave, I'll start with you. Cemetery. Uh, got a couple people whose minds went there. We were picking out cemetery plots a couple Saturday uh, Saturdays uh, ago and, and found our spot. We picked them on a spot right next to a road so our kids will be able to remember where they are and find us again someday. There's there's something sobering, though, about picking out your own burial spot. Uh, it's it's something that Reed and I talked about kind of the last few years. We've just have, have touched on it a few times that, that, hey, that's something we should do. But but recently with the passing of, of my brother, we decided that, hey, you know, it's it's time we do this. We didn't don't want to put our kids through that, that they have to make that decision. So uh, so we decided that, hey, it's time to make that happen. Uh, and it didn't hurt that Gary came in the bank one day and told Rita prices were going to go up $200 per plot uh, first of the year. So I'm always looking for a bargain. Uh, so we went ahead and got them before the price went up. Uh, there comes a time in each of our lives uh, when we have to face the reality that we're not going to live forever live forever. I, I don't know when that reality hits you. In fact, there's no pre-described time that you you start thinking that way. It, it might be event-driven a little bit uh, the, the way that it was for Reed and I. Maybe maybe it's health-driven. Something comes up with your health that, that just drives you to realize, hey, I need to start thinking this way. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's a milestone related when you get to a certain age. I don't know what that age is. Is it 40 that you suddenly realize my life is half over? Or is it 50 or 60 or who knows when? Maybe you're just very, very organized and you like to have everything planned out. I, I don't know when that is. Now, I know it, maybe this sounds a little bit dark, sounds a little bit uh, a little bit negative, but but we will get to some more positive stuff as we go on. But the truth is, Scripture points out to us Scripture points out to us that that death is going to come to all of us. Uh, in Genesis chapter three, verse nineteen, it says this: "By and, and G, uh, God here is is giving the curse that came because of the sin of Adam and Eve. 
There God says, by the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. In Romans chapter 5, verse 12, uh, Paul refers kind of back to that event. He says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all men because all sinned. Psalm 90, verse 10 says this, the length of our days is 70 years or 80 the strength yet their span is but trouble and sorrow for they quickly pass and will fly away and then we come to then we come to James and in the book of James he brings this thought up this idea up again but he uses a little bit different terminology here James uses the terminology you are but a mist so if you have your Bibles would you would you turn with me to James chapter 4 we're going to look at verses 13 to 17 and we're going to see two things that must change if, if in fact, if indeed our life is but a mist. Two things that will change because of that. And, and, and can, I, can I just make this point? Can I point this out? Now, some of you, if you're, if you're say, 40 and under, maybe you're not, you're not getting this. You're not understanding. If you're 30 and under, you're like, what is he talking about? If you're 20 or younger, you're like, man, that guy is talking foolishness. But, but let me point something out. It, was, it seemed like it was only a month ago that I loaded my VW Bug up with all of my possessions, and I got out on I-64 and headed west to Joplin, Missouri to start college. I was 18 years old. It seems like, seems like it was just a week ago that the doctor held up actually on this day 39 years ago, that the doctor held up a 10-pound, six-and-a-half-ounce uh, baby. Uh, yes, that's what she had, and said, it's a boy. It seems like it was, it was just yesterday that Reed and I dropped off that same boy when he was 18 uh, in Joplin, Missouri, for his first day of college. And, and it seems like it was just 12 hours ago that, that I stood in front of family and friends with my daughter uh, on my arm and and in answer to a question said, we do, we give her away. And it was just minutes ago that 12 different times my kids called and said, hey, you're going to be a grandpa. Hey, you're going to be a grandpa again, 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 uh, and so forth. The, the reality, James points it out this way, life is but a mist. In comparison, in comparison to eternity, our life is but a mist. If you have your Bibles, look with me there in James 4. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why do you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, giving us another option here, instead you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag, all such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. So let's look this morning at just two things. If we are, if according to James, we are a mist, it changes our perspective. It, it can't help but change our perspective and change our perspective on our life. Changes our perspective on our life. Uh, James uses the Greek word, the poor there, which uh, for for the word mist, uh, it's not hard to figure out that we get our word vapor from that Greek word vapor. 
He said, our life is like a vapor. Vapor is a word that we don't use very much uh, in, in our society, or at least we didn't until under the last couple of years. Now, and we've kind of, we, we, we take it down a little bit, and we've made it a, 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 a noun. We, we call it vape. Um, so I, I know our kids are downstairs. I'll tell Johnny, be sure to tell him that next week. Uh, kids, don't vape. It's bad for your health. People are literally dying from it. But, but that's the new thing now. And, and for people that smoke, maybe it's a, it's a good alternative for them. But, but, but we use this term vape because of the, the vapor that comes from it. When, with the, the, the commercials and with the, uh, the news stories about vaping, one of the, one of the scenes that I see, and, and it must just be some stock video that everyone gets. It shows a guy and he's about 35 or 40. So he's a young guy, uh, 35 or 40. And, and he's, he, he takes a hit on his vaping device and exhales, and I mean, just a huge cloud of, of vapor uh, almost engulfs him. I see the same guy on all these news stories, just engulfs him, but just just like that, almost as quickly it dissipates. When we realize that our life is our life is but a mist, a vapor that appears and then quickly is gone. And, and, and you people 40 and 30 and 20 and under, I, I know this doesn't make sense to you, but ask your parents and your grandparents, and if you have great-grandparents, and, and they'll, they'll explain it to you. If our life is but a vapor, doesn't it change our perspective on life? And it makes us ask this question, what's our number? What's our number? How many days do we have? Uh, well, you don't even know, verse 14, uh, what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? We, we don't know how many days. Will, will, for me, will it be 99 years like my grandma Hartman, my mom's mother? Will, will it be 91 years like Granny Poorman had, who was my dad's uh, mother? Uh, will it be my, like Grandpa Hartman, who had 82 years? Or, or will it be like my grandpa Champ, who only lived 58? Oh, I, I've already surpassed that and surpassed my own dad, who only lived to be 53. One thing James wants us to get a handle on here, to get a perspective on, is to realize the reality that our days are numbered. The, the psalmist says maybe 70, maybe 80, but we don't know how many. Doesn't it change our perspective on our life when we l- realize it's just a mess. Last, last Saturday, uh, Joel and his family were here, and uh, Rita and I took Evie, our granddaughter, to a Walmart to go cri- uh, birthday shopping. Her birthday was in September, but we hadn't been able to hook up and, and take her shopping. So we took her shopping, and we did what we normally do when we take one kid shopping. We take the other kids in the family, and they get to get something, too, even though it's not their day. You know, we feel sorry and let them buy something. So as we walked in with the, the other kids, uh, Isaiah said to me, as we walked into Walmart, he said, does Walmart have a camping section? And my first thought was thinking, uh, Isaiah, Grammy's only going to spend $10 on you. You're not going to be able to buy a tent uh, uh, today for that. But But we headed to the the, the toys, that's where Evie wanted to go, and Isaiah got looking at toys, and then pretty soon he came over to me again, he said, said, said Papa, does, does Walmart have a, a camping section? And I said, well, yeah, Isaiah, come on, let's go. And we headed that way, and I said, what do you want to go to the camping section for? And he said, I want to buy binoculars. 
And, and, and then my thought was, Isaiah, you can't buy binoculars for $10. And you can't. You can buy a set of binoculars for $9 at Walmart. Uh, now, they're not the good ones. The good ones they had behind glass, and they were 100 and to $200, but we bought a set of $9 binoculars. When we got home later that afternoon after, after we had lunch, we, we went for a hike. All my, my two sons and, and, and the grandkids were there. We went hiking up in the, the hills behind us, and, and Isaiah had taken his binoculars along with him. And so at one point I said, hey, Isaiah, can, can I borrow your binoculars? And these are $9 cheap old Walmart binoculars, but I took them up and put them on my face and screwed down the little deal to get, get them in focus. And I was amazed at, at these nine, how much clearer things came into focus. And I, I looked up on the hill. Actually, I was kind of looking for one of my dogs that ran off. And I'm like, can I find it? But man, I looked up on the hill and it brought the trees right up next to me. It brought it in to focus. It changes our perspective. Later in Psalm chapter 90, I read verse 10 earlier, verse 12 says this. It says, teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. When we realize that our life is but a mist, that's here and then quickly gone, it changes our perspective on our life, and it also changes our perspective on our legacy. It's interesting. I, I pointed this out last week. I've actually pointed out several times. James seems to over and over again point out, gives, gives us two options, and he does it here again in this, this section. In verse 13, he, he tells us we can have this mindset. This can be our legacy. Today or tomorrow, we'll go to this city or, or, or that, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. We have a choice when it comes to our legacy. What is, what is our legacy going to be uh, about? Verse 13 says it's about the world. Is our legacy about living a comfortable life? Is it, is it about doing better than our parents? Is, is it about ensuring that our kids do better than we did? Is it about living in a big house and driving a, a nice car and, and going on fancy vacation? Is it about having money and friends we can rely on and the health to, do, uh, to enjoy both of those? Or is our legacy, as he points out in verse 15, is it about doing God's will? That's the other option. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, is that your legacy? If we are missed, it changes our perspective on what, on what our legacy is and makes us ask the question, what's our priority? Somehow the church that James was writing to, they had lost their focus. Their, their lives had literally been changed, had been turned upside down by Jesus. They, they had been set on fire for him, even to the point that their lives were uprooted because of their faith in Christ. But somewhere Somewhere along the, the line, they had taken their eyes off of Jesus and put it on the things of the world. Verse 13, today and tomorrow, we're going to go this city, that city. We're going to make money. We're going to do this. We're going to take care of those things. They'd taken their eyes off Jesus and placed it on the world. And because of this, we've been talking about it for weeks now. Because of this, there was all kinds of chaos in the church. There was bitterness, there was arguments, there was strife. They had lost their heart to serve. What had, had one time been natural to them had been a part of their DNA, their spiritual DNA, when they first followed Jesus, had been replaced with inward thinking and almost a, a secular worldview. Maybe that's why James said way back in chapter 1, 
Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. Because, because maybe now they weren't facing those trials. Maybe now the trials that had forced them to, to be sold out to Jesus and sold out to serving others, those trials weren't there. Uh, and and in the, the enduring of those trials, would ha, which had produced spiritual maturity, was gone. Maybe that's why James reminded them that, that they should have pure religion, which was defined by taking care of orphans and widows. It was looking beyond yourself and seeing the needs of others. Maybe that's why he reminded them that if you claim to have faith, it must be demonstrated by actions of service. Otherwise, it was simply dead. A dead faith produces chaos, strife, and self-centeredness. We realize that our life is just a mist. It changes our perspective on our legacy. And it forces us to question our priorities. Where does seeking and acting on God's will really fit in to our life? Do you see God's purpose in your life and his purpose on your life? Philip Yancey tells the story. He and his wife vacationed in, uh, in Wyoming at Yellowstone National Park. And he said the first thing they did when they got to Yellowstone was they went to see Old Faithful. They they wanted to see the geyser. When we went to Yellowstone, that's the first place we stopped was Old Faithful. So they, they pulled up and parked and headed over to the geyser. He said he was a little disappointed when he saw this big digital countdown clock that was counting down the, the, the minutes and the seconds till the next eruption. He said he thought that was a little bit cheesy until it started getting down under a minute. It got down to 40 seconds and then 30 and then 10, 9. And, and he said in, anticipation grew. Now, now, it didn't go off when it got to zero, but shortly thereafter it went off. He said it was, it was amazing. It was exciting to, to see that. He said after that first eruption, he and his wife went, uh, went into the lodge to, to get some lunch and said they sat in there. Their plan was to eat and then in about about 60 minutes, they would watch the Old Faithful erupt one more time, and then they would continue on with their tour of uh, Yellowstone. And said they sat in there, and, and every so often they would glance out at that that countdown clock and see where it was. Oh, we still have 20 minutes. We still have 10. And, and he said when it got down to about a minute or or or, or so, he said something curious happened. Everyone that was in the in the lodge to eat, everyone stood up and walked over to the windows and stood there almost pressing their face against the windows, watching the clock count down to, to see the, uh, the eruption. He said, said, said he and his wife were no different. They walked in there looking. He said he happens to glance over at his wife, and, and when he did, he noticed the activity behind him. He said when they all stood up and walked to the window, all the wait staff, all the bus boys, all had jumped into action. They were refilling water glasses, taking away dirty dishes, cleaning off tables, and getting them reset for the next customer. They were, they were taking advantage of the fact that everyone was over at the windows. Sure enough, as it counted down, Old Faithful went off and said he had a big smile on his face, and he looked over to see his wife's response, and she had a big smile. And then he said, I, again, I caught out of the corner of my eye the activity behind me. And he said, it caused me to pause here in front of us was the awe of Old Faithful going off. This, this, this amazing thing from, from nature, this geyser shooting high into the sky. And he looked behind him and not a single one of the waiters, not a single one of the servers, not a single one of the boys, bus boys were even watching what was going on. 
Yancey goes on to make the point, make the statement. It's easy for us to get so wrapped up in other things that we're doing, get so wrapped up in what seems to be before us that we miss the awe that God should give us, the awe that should be ours when we realize that we have God's will in our life. We we are but a miss, and if we are, it changes our perspective. And if we are missed, it changes our purpose. It changes our purpose on our faith. Uh, let me let me ask a, a couple questions here as I start out this morning. First of all, I think I lost my mic there. First of all, let me ask this question. Uh, I'll start with an easy one first. Uh, if someone came up to you and asked you why you went to church, why, why you go to church, what would your answer be? Easy question. Why do you go to church? What's your answer going to be? Uh, dozens, I guess. You, you might say, I want to. It makes me feel good. It's my, uh, my responsibility. I feel like I have to. Mom made me go. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what your response would be. But what if someone asked you a second follow-up question when you, you sputtered out an answer to that? What, what if they asked you, since you go to church, since you're a, a believer, since you're a Christian, how has that changed you? How, how does going to church, how does being a believer, how does being a Christian make you different? One of the things I think that James wants us to grasp here is that when we realize our life is but a mist, when we see the brevity of, of our life, especially when it's compared to the vastness of eternity, it should inform us, it should impact the purpose of our faith. That's why he gives us this encouragement in verse 15. He, he says, instead, you ought to say, instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, that powerful little statement, if it's the Lord's will. I had a professor in college, actually my favorite professor, I've mentioned him before, uh, Brother Wilbur Fields. At the end of every class, Brother Fields, when the bell would ring, when we'd get up to leave, Brother Fields would say the same thing every day. I, I had him, I bet I had him for five or six different classes. At the end of every class period I ever had with him, Brother Fields would say this. Well, I will see you if we had class the next day, I'll see you tomorrow. If it was Tuesday and I had a the next class was Thursday. I'll see you Thursday. If it was Friday, I'll see you next weekend or next week, whatever it was. But he said, I'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing. And then he would add this caveat, and I pray that he's willing. Every class I ever had with him, I'll see you tomorrow if the Lord's willing. James, I think, wants us to grab this idea that we live with purpose. You see, we don't just go through life and our only concern seems to be about our plans, our dreams, our goals, our purposes. That was verse 13. Today, tomorrow, we go to this city, spend a year, make money. It, it means that, that we go through life asking what is God's will. Now, 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 I'm not saying, and James is not implying here, that we can't have plans, that we can't have dreams, that we can't have goals. But what he is saying, that God's will and purpose should be that we ask what is his will in those plans, in those dreams, in those goals. 
month or so ago, Reed and I were leaving St. Joe. And uh, we'd been in town to do something, and I made this comment to her. I said, Rita, can we stop by Walmart? Uh, there was something I needed to get. I said, can we stop by Walmart? And I'll, I'll remember Rita's words. I'll quote her exactly. She said, I can always go to Walmart. <laughs> now, I, I could, I could uh, and, and I, I don't know that I ever say this, but I could replace that with, uh, can we go to Kohl's? And Rita would say, I can always go to Kohl's. Uh, or the mall, I can always go to the mall. Um, but I can always go to Walmart. And the amazing thing is Rita can go in, and maybe some of you are like this, Rita could go into Walmart for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, hour and a half, and, and, and just walk around and shop and look and, and enjoy it and not necessarily buy anything. She could go to, to Kohl's and look. I don't think she's ever gone to Kohl's and not bought anything, but she could. Um, yeah, yeah. If she's got money, if I give her money to buy something, then she can never find it. So, uh, but, but she can, she can do that and enjoy the, but, but contrast that if you will. Contrast that with Rita or, or me or anyone else that, that goes into Walmart or Kohl's or somewhere else with a list. She's going shopping this afternoon and she's hoping she has a list. She's got 11 grandkids. We have 12. She's, I got one covered. Uh, she's got, a, well, we have, but she does all the buying. She's got 11 grandkids for us to buy for. Um, but contrast going in and just looking around versus going in with a list. Going in with a purpose. I'm going to get this. 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 If our life is but a, if our life is but a mist, maybe what James wants us to understand is that that it should change our purpose of our faith, the purpose of our faith. How can I fulfill God's will then in my workplace, my family, in my finances, with my words, with my acts of service? How can God's will change me? And, and finally, uh, how does it affect our future? How does it change our purpose on our future? Do we live in preparation for the short term or for the long haul? Jesus summed it up this way in Matthew chapter 6, 19 to 21, and I'll, I'll finish with this. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 21, he says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also if if our life is but a mist how are we changed team can worship team can come on up several years ago uh, 30 35 roughly years ago when Reed and I first moved to Rushville I walked up on a hill up on the bluff above the church there in Rushville, and uh, just just to kind of get a view, so I, I jumped over a fence, climbed up on the hill, and it was an amazing view from 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 up there. You could look across the the river bottom. You could look over and you you could see Atchis, and you could see the Missouri River stretching north and south. It, it was an amazing view. I remember standing up there and thinking, "Wow, this is uh, this is awesome." And so I stood up there and watched that for a while, and then. 
then I decided, you know, I'm just going to walk around up here in the woods for a while or what some people might say, I'm going to trespass uh, on someone else's property up here for a while. But, but I just walked around for a while, and, and, and after a few moments, I came across an old abandoned cemetery. In fact, I didn't even realize it was there at first or what it was till I, I literally stumbled on a headstone, and I, I, I began to look around, and all around me were, were headstones. There, there were a couple plots that must have been family plots that, that, that at one time must have looked lovely. Had, one place had a big old rock iron fence that, that surrounded all the graves of that family, I would assume. And, and I began to, to look. Some of, some of the headstones were, had, had fallen over. Some of them were broken. Some of them were so weathered that you couldn't even read the name or the dates or any information on the headstone. And, and as I looked at this old, overgrown cemetery on the side of this hill, for a moment, I, I was sad. I thought, wow, how, how sad. How sad these, the, the cemetery, there, there's no one comes to visit. There's no one comes here and remembers. It's, it's so sad. And, and then I was overcome with another emotion when I realized, you know, even though no one comes here, these lives mattered. In, in their day, they loved. In their day, people loved them. In their day, someone's life was changed because of these people. In comparison to eternity, our lives are but a mist. Someday, maybe a hundred years from now, someone's going to stumble across the cemetery three miles south of Rushville. They might see a sign somewhere that says Sugar Creek Cemetery. Wow, I didn't even know this existed. And, and maybe they'll stumble across a couple of headstones that are weathered and worn that said Rita and Tim Champ, parents of Brian, Joel, Crystal, and Caleb. And, and maybe they'll look at that and say, wow, that's so sad. This is all forgotten. But the truth is, when we realize our life is but a mist, we also realize that we can make a difference. Yeah, in, 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 in the, the, the span of eternity, our time comes and goes quickly. That's what James tells us. But when we're here, what James has been talking about, what we've been talking about week after week after week. Our, our life can make a difference. Our service can make a difference. Our heart can make a, a difference. See, we can change our perspective, and it will change our life and our legacy. We can change our purpose, and it will change how we live out our faith and how our future is defined. Would you bow with me? Father, we thank you this morning that we hear your word and that we know that you are with us. Father, we thank you for the reality that our life does matter. And even though in relationship to eternity, uh, we're but just a mist. We're here for just a little while and then gone. But Father, you can use us to great, uh, great purpose and a great end. Father, help us. Let our lives be changed, our perspective and our purpose be changed this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand?